0: This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690
1: and ESPN690.com.
0: Just from, like, just from game plan wise, 3-4, uh, 4-3 three, four, four, three defense, that's, that's, that's his choice. I haven't. I probably don't have a say in what defenses we get to run, so whatever he chooses to play, a run strictly going to do that.
2: This soundbite has derailed the show. Oh, yeah. For the last half hour. Yeah. But uh, hopefully didn't mind chomping on peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> That's Josh Allen. Yeah. It was about a 30-second soundbite we, we played before the break. That was 10 seconds of it. And so I kind of let in. I said or I teased up <clears throat> Jags continue to be coy about their defense. And yeah. It's like nobody can really answer the question about what they're going to run on defense. Listen, or nobody wants to. I, I'm yeah. sure they can. I'm they want. I just got the sense, and, and this, by the way, this is fine. This is part of it sometimes. I just got the sense like that Josh Allen wasn't sure exactly what he was supposed to be able to share and not share. And yeah. so he's like, I'll be basically doing a little bit of everything, and I'll do whatever they tell me to do. Listen, <laughs> let, me, let, let me go ahead and set up for this one real quick. All right, I started
0: this defensive investigation, let's call it, the moment Josh Allen got drafted. And I'll never forget it. We were sitting in the middle of TIA Bankfield, and we're talking about what the Jaguars are going to do going forward now with Josh Allen. Okay, And it was my belief that coming off his college resume, the schemes that he ran – I thought they were going to run 3-4 defense. We got into that a little bit. I broke it down. You were taking videos of Josh Allen, and I had my first TED Talk of pretty much the entire show talking about how I think the Jaguars are going to run a 3-4 defense. Yanni Kingakwe sits out. They don't run it. They maybe throw some wrinkles here or there with Dom Capers, but for the most part, it was a lot of what you've seen. So then that season happened. Six and ten. Defense obviously stopping the run was atrocious. We we were all we all witnessed it. I don't want to go back there. It's only going to frustrate me. So you know what happened. Okay. Fast forward to this season now, up and coming. And you go after a guy by the name of Chase on. We we have um, Dave Caldwell saying, Oh, yeah, this, this guy can offer us some three four looks a little bit. Doug Marone teased it a little bit. Todd Watch said, No, it's gonna be a lot of the same. And listen, and I'm sitting here. And, and I'm sitting at my apartment, um, not talking to my family. I'm in the room by myself <laughs> with the, the curtains are drawn, and I have all these quotes on my wall. And I'm like Matthew McConaughey and True Detective, where I'm trying to get to the bottom of this thing, where I'm trying to figure out what kind of defense are the Jaguars going to run? What are they not telling us? What is week one against the Colts going to look like? And I'm sitting here 85220 at 505. I'm sitting here, Brett, and I'm putting my badge on the table and I'm saying, "Dude, I'm done." Cuz I have no idea. Let let it happen when it happens because when you have Josh Allen going, you know what? It might be a 3-4, it might be a 4-3. Listen, I have nothing to work off of, man. Like I take pride in my football knowledge, especially on the defensive side of the ball and schematically speaking. I got nothing for anybody. I'm sorry. I don't know what the Jaguars are going to run because I have a GM and a head coach telling me one thing. I have Todd Walsh telling me one thing. I have the star of the defense in Josh Allen saying he doesn't know. What do you want me to do with information? What do you want me to do? So I'm putting my badge on the table. I'm done. When it presents itself, I'll break down the defense. But until that time, I'm done playing conspiracy theorists.
2: I'm done playing Matthew McConaughey and true detective. Well, uh, one last question on this front because we've talked about it a bunch. But- yeah. Can it be a little bit of a weapon to keep it a secret? I mean, we talked about the Baltimore yeah. Ravens last year in camp last year. The Jags were disappointed. They didn't showcase any of their running stuff. Sure. They kept it bottled up, and then, bam, they unleashed it on the league. It was pretty effective. I'm not saying is that what the Jags mm-hmm. going to be. But people think Todd Wash is a 4-3 guy. They think uh, the Jags have been, based off that 2017 team, they play that Gus Bradley system, and they're this, and they're, they label them. Mm-hmm. Is there an advantage to coming out in six especially with no preseason games, by the way? Yeah. Is there an advantage in that first couple of games of the season against a division opponent in the Indianapolis Colts yeah. by being coy? And Listen. will we will we see it in Jacksonville? But maybe will we see it more across the league that people unveil things on week one that nobody expected because we hadn't got a glimpse of it. Listen, if you think right now that the ace in the hole,
0: the the biggest surprise of this season for the Jacksonville Jaguars is let, let's go ahead and pump the brakes on revealing this new defense. And let's go ahead and show it to the world week one against the Indianapolis Colts and Phillip Rivers and that offensive line. Let's just wait for it. And let's go ahead and shock the world, guys. If you really want to compare that moment to the Baltimore Ravens displaying that new offense, which you saw in San Francisco, you're lying to yourself, man. Okay? Keep in mind who the Indianapolis Colts are. They they see 3-4 looks every single day in practice. Okay? They, they run a lot of 4-3 under, and they ran 3-4 looks. So you mean to tell me right now, if you're Jacksonville, you're to come out strolling this new hybrid 3-4 defense that no one's supposed to have ever seen before, and you think Phil Rivers is going to see that and say, Oh, I quit. Forget it. <laughs> I can't. I, you think Quentin Nelson's gonna go, oh no, I mean, th- we got defensive linemen over here, we got guys standing up, o- nope. I'm out, I'm out. You think Colts players are just going to walk off the field because they've seen supposedly a new 3-4 defense that they've never seen before? Absolutely not. So to me, I would rather showcase this in training camp. I would rather get my guys in position to be successful as opposed to keeping this a giant secret,
2: unveiling it week one, and hoping that it works out. I kind of like this question, if you don't mind me uh, saying, but I just put out on social media, and I'll ask you the same. Bigger surprise... Unveil week one. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Follow me here. Yeah, I got you. Get off your soapbox. Follow me. <laughs> Continue the investigation. No, no badge is turned in. I'm done. I'm done. Bigger surprise to the Colts. Unveiled week one. Okay. The schematic look of the Jags defense, or mm. what they're running on defense, or how they utilize Lavisca Chenault. Wow, I like that question.
0: I'm going to say the bigger surprise to the Colts week one is going to be Laviska Chenault for this just this reason. Because the Colts in the past, and the, keep in mind, there's a lot of veterans on that team on that offense. I think if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars with the talent that you have right now and the personnel that you have, you can't throw anything anything at the Colts that they haven't seen before. Now, keep in mind, the Colts may be game planning for something, okay? They may be expecting something, but to me, when you have a dominant offensive line, to me, when you have Phillip Rivers, who, this isn't his first rodeo obviously, yes, have some experienced receivers, you have one of the best running games in the NFL, you can always fall back on that. So, to me, if the Jacksonville Jaguars come out and surprise the Colts, oh, that's cool. Here's a good dose of Marlon Mack for you, and here's a good dose of Jonathan Taylor. Have fun with that. So, I think, Chen- not being used in Gruden's offense will be more of the surprise. If
2: it takes him the whole first quarter to adjust, it might be twenty-four to three. Jack, you never know what that meant. You magic man. In my you shirt. Never know. I'm wearing
0: my shirt make today. It, make, make an, an adjustment. adjustment.
2: I know. I love that shirt. <laughs> I, love I just that looked shirt. down. I was like, hey, yeah, make an adjustment. Make so an adjustment. Right. Yeah. that's twenty-twenty in a nutshell. By the way, you're not lying there, make man. Make an adjustment. Adapt or die. I, I, listen. I'm not trying. By the way, I, this isn't even like bad in the Jets. Like I'm okay if the, I if the defense. Has some surprises and wrinkles to it. Yeah, it just feels like the mixed messaging along the way is is either choreographed or accidentally placed well. Yeah, to confuse maybe just confuses us a little bit because we talk about it so regularly. Yeah, and have for months and and it's not what we no- normally see. We kind of know what to expect. Mm-hmm. I don't really know what we're going to expect and we're going to have to wait until September 13th probably well, to really figure it out. And here's
0: my final, I guess, Ted talk, my my closing statements here. Because once again, is on the table. I, I'm i done trying to predict what the Jago's going to do on defense. Now – JXPR, don't invite me to come to practice because if, if I see something that, I, that looks different, I'm not going to say it on the show, but I'm going to come and be like, oh, we got something. We saw a little something, something. Can't say it on I the can't show. say what it is. Just man. don't go to practice. Yeah, exactly. You I'm just banned
2: yourself from practice. Just, oh,
0: I'll be taking secret footage and everything because, like, that's how big my ego is in trying to figure this out. It's, a, it's like the ultimate Rubik's Cube for me. But once again, badge on the table. I don't care anymore, regardless. Here's what I hope, though, honestly, Brent. And then this is. Real talk. This is 100% me being genuine. Whatever Josh Allen was doing today at that press conference, whether he truly believes what he was saying, or if he was kind of just giving an act, because, you know, maybe someone told him to, I hope right now where we sit, eight five two twenty. you know, right before the start of training camp, I hope that it's already been ingrained in that defense of what they're going to run. Okay? I-, I hope that they have a good idea of what they're going to do already. Because the last thing I want right now with a young team, with a young defense, Is the first day they're out there on that walkthrough, you know, for the first quote unquote, you know, training camp session, and they don't know their identity. They don't know what they're doing. So at least I hope Todd Wash and that defensive staff has kind of, you know, gotten the point across like, this is what we're going to do. This is who we're going to be. Don't tell the media. All right. Go ahead and play coy if you want to, but this is who we are. I don't want teams finding out identities while in training camp. I want it to be established
2: right now. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, you know, ask that question. What's more of a surprise to the Colts, what the Jags roll out on defense and and, and schematically really, what they look like, or LaVisca Chenault and how they use him, yeah. because quite frankly, I'm fascinated with how they will use him. But I think you can broaden that to say schematically on defense or schematically on offense mm-hmm. will be more of a surprise, because most people who have been around the Jags predict handoff to Leonard Fournette, mm-hmm. handoff to Leonard Fournette, some play action. <laughs> I don't think that's what we're getting Mm -hmm. with Jay Gruden. But I don't know exactly what we're getting. Screen passes. We are getting screen screen passes. passes. But I think you also could say the same Mm -hmm. for Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. They've got a guy who's one of the most prolific passers in the history of the game. Sure. Yet they have a a great offensive line and two backs and drafted one Mm -hmm. to run the football. Yeah. So what do they do? It'll be a great question that week. And we won't do it right now because it's so far out. But that week... If I can remember, yeah, ask the question of, like, run pass balance mm-hmm. for Indianapolis. Well, it would be a great guessing game to f- figure out which way they're going to go, and obviously, game dictates that a little bit. But I think first half, especially what they try to establish, what is their identity? So,
0: so, so here's a great question right now, and I want you to put your coordinator cap on real quick, okay? So, so you're putting the coordinator cap on. What worries you more as a coordinator right now? Hardly fits with my hair. <laughs> That's a good point. Coordinator visor, okay? <laughs> Co- coordinator bucket hat, let's just say. Bucket. What what worries you more as a coordinator right now, Brent? What the Colts are going to unveil week 1 on offense or what the Jaguars could unveil week 1 on defense? Like uh, if it, if you're going against, you know, the the team. Yeah, good call. What what are you more worried about?
2: I I understand the nature of the question. I would say I'm not scared of either. Sure. That much. the the Indianapolis offensive from Todd Wash doesn't scare the daylights out of me. It's not Kansas City. It's it's no. not somebody's. It's not Tampa. For sure. Uh, so I'm I'm not that kind of worried. But to your point, I would be more uh, perplexed at trying to figure out the Colts offense. Yeah. 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 Uh, because really only two ways to go, too, on the defense. They could throw probably a lot more at you on the offensive way. I mean, I know it's a run or pass, but sure. Um, I think there's just so many more options offensively now with the way they're built and who they have a quarterback and, and some of their additions. So, yeah, I would say probably yeah. the Colts' offense.
0: we we'll also keep in mind that yeah. a lot of
2: that's based on skill.
0: Well, it's based on skill and also veteran experience, though, right? You talk about the Jaguars defense very young right now. And what
2: they can do. Correct. Uh, It's an interesting part of it, though. You know, I mean, listen, I I understand the youth and the Jags and trying to establish an identity. It could be used early in the season as an advantage. I think for the first time in a long time, I don't know what to fully expect from the Jags. And I think other teams game planning for them, while they're not concerned because they look at their roster, Mm -hmm. they probably will go in there a little bit. Scratching their heads, okay. What are they going to show us here? Mm-hmm. What's the wrinkle? Are we waiting on? And let's just sh- hopefully they have the ability, even as a young football team, to showcase a good amount of things. So that keeps up for the first few weeks until teams figure out more trends mm-hmm. that take place. But that could be used as an advantage uh, for the Jaguars uh, if they execute it uh, pretty well. So be interesting to see. Hey, little NBA chatter right now. Grayson Allen's starting to. Rip it up a little bit. Okay. 20 points. Six for eight from three-point land. They did lose uh, just now to Utah. But Memphis trying to get that last spot, right? Yeah. That eighth spot. Yep. Good game last night in the NBA. Caught that one. Carmelo hits a big shot. Yeah, man. Still got it. I think we had this discussion before. You guys, uh driving Dish podcast guy over there in Coos, uh, you're big and bigger NBA guy than me. Uh, Austin, Carmelo Anthony, roll off the tongue in the same sentence as Hall of Famer to you. I mean, if you look at the numbers and you look at the stats,
0: you, you can't deny it. I mean, to me, with Carmel Anthony though, it, it begs the question: like he's never been able to do it on his own, right? Like that's what we, you know, like like, like the Charles Barkley effect. Like yeah. Charles Barkley, one of the best to ever do it, but he never won a championship, right? Like that's what makes MJ so great is because he led his team to how many championships? That well, was Charles Bar- Barkley's in the Hall of Fame. The whole thing no, voters no, no, don't no, ask correct. that question. No, correct. And, and my point is, like I think you can't deny the numbers. You can't deny the stats. I think Kamal Anthony, in, in terms of a prolific score, because let's be honest. You don't get in the Hall of Fame by being a defensive dynamo. You get in the Hall of Fame by scoring points and putting up stats, and that's what Carmelo Anthony's done. So I think he's, he's definitely gonna be a, a sure hot, sure shot Hall of Famer. No pun intended. What about you, Coos?
1: I think so. Um, I think he'll always fall victim of looking at the other guys that were in his draft class and being compared to them. I mean, you have LeBron, Wade, Bosh. Uh, so just off. Darko that, Milicic. Yeah. 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 But I, you, you know, when you. <laughs> When you you know you compare those guys to Carmelo, you would definitely put them over him. But I think you do that because of the rings they've won. And so I would say, from a player standpoint, he should definitely be in.
2: There. I thought about this and I said this to Ty last night as we were watching it. Mm-hmm. Damian Lillard, where does he rank on the underrated list in the NBA? So
1: high, yeah,
2: so high. Well- I kind of like him too. Like I I'm really, paid. I'm, I mean, I would be in that category of underrating him. Like I wouldn't, he wouldn't be the first guy to jump out to me. Yeah. But then listening to him too, and he seemed just like a cool cat. Like I, don't I forget know much what about game Lillard. it was. I know he it, can play. And it he was hits like yeah. big
1: shots, but two years ago, I believe it, it was either to get into the playoffs or a playoff game where he hit like a late just. Yeah, half court shot, essentially to ice the game. And it was uh, like when he hit it, I think it was against
2: oh, the Clippers. No, it was, uh, you talk about the Oklahoma City game to clinch the series. Was it against Oklahoma yeah. City? Yeah, that was clinched the uh, first-round series. Okay.
0: Brett Myrtle driving his podcast coming at you. <laughs> Special
2: guest, <laughs> Special
1: uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. We, You're right. No, you're no, right. But I remember that game being like, I think that's when people really I've took... I've forgotten more NBA than you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that was the game that they kind of started to really put him on the map, you know? Well, and, and
0: I think, listen, Dame suffers from the same thing if you play for the Nuggets, if you play for Utah Jazz. It's just, you, you're on teams that kind of go under the radar a little bit. But I think Dame is kind of like, see, to me, Dame is almost like Carmel Anthony was when Carmel was in his prime, where he's like that folk hero, where he's like the hardcore basketball fan loves him. Like, Dame's got his own rap thing on the side. He's really big on social media. So, like, he's got, like, the underground following. So, to me, Dame is, like, that cool player that, kind of like that hipster pick that not everyone's cheering for, but if you're a diehard NBA fan, you respect him.
2: I agree. Yeah. Uh, it's an interesting race. I like uh, the West is... Is I love the way they've done this. I, again, Adam Silver's got it right in a lot of levels, and, and I think the, the West race is going to be interesting. If you just join, uh, Grayson Allen had 20 more points. He was 6-for-8 from three-point land. Not bad. He's playing 27 minutes. I mean, it, it's taken a while, but here's Grayson Allen all of a sudden. Coming off, I think he had... Uh, A career high the other day, so this might have eclipsed it. I think he had 17 the other day, and I think this might have eclipsed for his new career high.
0: And listen, Grayson, anytime you go six for seven from the three point line, yeah, keep shooting, absolutely. And then time that, you know, you go seven for nine overall, I get it, but stay out of John Morant's way, all right? Don't, don't take John Morant's minutes. Don't take John Morant's points, okay? This is a John Morant show first and a Grayson Allen show second.
2: Morant had 20 points, by the way. Uh, And I'm looking at the, um, plus minus minus eighteen. Of course, they lost the game by nine for Grayson Allen, but minus sixteen for Morant. So maybe a, that wasn't the telltale. Is this what we're doing now? You, do you want your well, no, I'm, I'm just, I just saying. because like, well, what's, what's the not, like, defensively no, I'm, I'm, and all exactly. those things? I'm just so, giving you a hard time, man. Because um, hey, maybe a little coming out party for Grayson Allen. Can he for stay sure? consistent with it? Well, Find and, something in Memphis.
1: And if you're Jaw, you want that, right? You want hmm. Grayson Allen to be in the corner at the three yeah. spot where he has the threat to pass to him, and that opens up. the... The driving lane's a little bit well, more. And do you he think, had nine
2: assists, by the way, Ja did, radio, yeah. so yeah. on six three-pointers for Grayson, you wonder how many of those were from him. <laughs> Probably, <laughs> seriously. Yeah. Thanks
0: shout-out, Brent. I appreciate it. <laughs> and, and, and we're back here. But do you think, in terms of Grayson Allen, obviously, like, a very dynamic college player. Um, I think he's had an okay NBA career so far, where he has drafted everything like that. But do you think, like, Memphis is kind of the perfect spot for his playing style? You know I mean? And keep in mind right now, well, the NBA, no one's playing defense. No one's yeah. really getting after it. But See, going thought, forward...
1: When I, even when he got drafted, uh, I believe it was the Jazz that drafted him, I thought that was the perfect spot for him because they had Joe Ingles, who was starting to develop his game more from like being just a three-point shooter. Mm-hmm. So I thought Grayson Allen could be the guy off the bench that was that three-point threat for them, and it never seemed to really pan out, um, and, and then obviously he got traded. So, yeah, I think it could be a spot for
2: him. Well, I think more importantly from a Memphis, nobody – they were about as uh, – they're not very relative and <laughs> very relevant. Young. relevant. Yeah, yeah, Sorry. Yeah. No, you're uh, so, you know, they do have John Morant puts him on, but John Morant's John Morant. John Morant isn't like, hey, that's Memphis' it's John Morant. It's John Morant plays for Memphis. <laughs> yeah. That's and true. so it's almost better for what Grayson Allen's gone through and, and yeah. all the stuff at Duke to kind of go hide somewhere and play. Yeah. You know? You. And so I think from that standpoint, Memphis feels like a pretty good spot. Hey, is the NBA, they just announced another round of tests, no mm. positives crushing it they've nailed it they've got it right or they're lying uh, I mean, one of the two. <laughs> uh, don't p- so <laughs> put that on them, Brent. <laughs>
0: I'm going both. give it both. Why are you trying to talk that into an existence, though? I'll what? say that.
2: I'm just saying. I'm just yeah. being real. Well, I,
0: I mean, I'm talking Jake Paul. Next minute, he's getting arrested by the FBI <laughs> and
2: everything, man. So, like, hey. Yeah. Our, w- SWAT w- team's at Jake Paul's house. Yeah, so w- w- what we say in the show can go a long way. I'm so. just saying, Brent. I'm I just trying not to speak it into existence. Yes, but yes. I mean, they're lying. They're doing a good job of lying. <laughs> For but, sure. Uh, but, hey, the bubble is working. It is. So Major League Baseball made a mistake not creating a bubble in Arizona and Florida. That's crystal clear right now. Mm-hmm. They made some kind of mistake. Yeah. Because this is working. We'll see about the NHL. MLS, once they had the early uh, stuff go on, they figured it out. Is it just impossible? I know. I feel like we've talked about this quite a bit. But it's worth revisiting, seeing another round of tests and the success the NBA has had. Yeah. I mean, can it, is it just impossible for the NFL to do this? and have four cities all across the country with eight teams in it. I mean, there's all the NBA – well, not all. Yeah, all the NBA teams in Orlando. I mean, you couldn't create two – an eastern city, a western city bubble in the NFL. Now, you can't play at Wide World of Sports because there's not that many football fields. Mm -hmm. So that's problematic. Mm -hmm. But is the NFL even approaching this wrong? Well, and keep in
0: mind, too, so two days ago, the NHL had their first round of COVID testing, right, because they had their first games and everything. Zero positive tests for the NHL bubble. Okay. So we got zero positive tests for the NHL bubble, zero positive tests for the NBA bubble. Obviously, it's working right now. Well, once again, unless you think that they're lying. I which, didn't. I yeah, didn't say I, I didn't think that. Okay. I just unless said you, or they are. Or they are lying. Okay. But, um, let me ask you this question though. Let's assume that the NHL and the NBA started their regular season and their entire season in the bubble. Do you think we'd still have those same numbers or do you think since the the elongated season obviously um you know going month after month after month we would start to see some players a either fold and get sick and then bring it to the bubble or b I'm not even playing it because they don't want to be in the
2: bubble for that long. Well, it look different. Yeah. you could, The opt-outs would be different, mm-hmm. I think, no doubt. Uh, that's a very good point. be a longer time in the bubble. But this doesn't work for Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball is a shortened season. It is. They're, I mean, it's as short season as it will ever be in Major League Baseball. Yeah. Now, the NFL one, I think you're right, right on, and maybe there'd be even more opt-outs, mm-hmm. given that situation. I think there are different prongs to this. Point being, if it's this successful in the NBA, do you almost have to do anything you can possibly do to try to replicate it mm-hmm. in the other sports? And I understand, listen, there are bigger challenges in MLB. I think there are different challenges in MLB, and there are certainly different challenges and bigger challenges in, in football. Yeah, absolutely. It's a bigger skill. And now it's too
1: late.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's not feasible to say, all right, well, let's try to do this bubble thing real quick when we're like a couple weeks before training camp. You're not going to get it done. But it goes
2: to what we said a little bit yesterday. Even here in Jacksonville, they're allowing guys to go home. Mm-hmm. They're trusting guys to go home, do the right thing, take all the precautions. Is that the smartest thing to do where you could create more of a bubble even in your home cities and try to at least replicate it that way? I think it's fair to to wonder and I think we'll see where it goes. Yeah. Uh and and Major League Baseball right now is looking like yeah they should have done some kind of bubble thing. Mm. And you know what? Maybe they would have ended up with the similar results. Maybe they end up with wrong results. Yeah. Uh, and worse results because somebody does go out and they're inside the bubble starts giving it to everybody. Well,
0: yeah. But and for sure and listen, I I think I don't mean to cut you off there, but I'm sorry. Um by the way, with like the NFL like Yeah, it's not feasible to do a bubble right now. So let's be honest. There's going to be COVID-19 positive tests during the season. That's just going to happen. We're going to have to prepare ourselves for maybe a star player gets it. He's out for a couple weeks. Maybe a coach gets it. He can't coach for that week. Like That's just going to happen. That's going to be the way of the world right now because you can't do a bubble. How ironic is it, though? And and I guess just how obvious is it, the fact that the NBA, once again, is at the forefront of – professional sports, right? Because to me, the credit goes to the NBA. The, you know, when, when the Utah Jazz game got shut down, like that was the, that, that was the first match that let everything under fire, where it was like, all right, we're shutting NCAA basketball down. We're shutting the Players' Championship down. Everything's getting shut down because of what happened in the NBA. Now the NBA comes back. And I get it. UFC was back, too. But to me, this starts with the NBA. And now we have the NBA, who has given us the proper model, at least so far, of how to go about professional sports. Just how, how ironic is it that we, we always talk about the NBA being at the forefront of things while here's Exhibit C or D where here they are again?
2: Yeah, and it's working so far. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see. It's too late for football. But can you create some of it? Can you peek in on what they they're doing in Orlando and create some of it in your own backyard? Can you do that? Are there more steps to take for the NFL? And I hope they're continually getting educated on some of this that others are doing, taking the good, taking the bad, and figuring it out, saying, eh, we got to tweak this a little bit, Mm -hmm. and we'll see if it works. Uh, Major League Baseball should be doing that. Everybody should be learning from everybody in this situation, and right now the NBA is uh, certainly getting it right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, I'm going to get to a topic uh, that I wanted to get to yesterday. Billy Donovan, former Gator coach. Coach of the year, co-coach of the year in the NBA. Does that validate his move to the NBA? What kind of NBA coach has he been? Was it the right move? Talk a little bit about Billy D. There's more news in, and this one will impact NCAA schools in the state of Florida, including one national champion in our backyard. We'll talk about that. And Tiger Woods gets set for the first major of the year. Does he have a chance? It's coming up on ESPN 690.
1: I, I try not to read a lot of that stuff. You know, I kind of stay off the social media and all that. You know, I don't know why they, they still doubt him, but that's okay because that means he's going to have a chip on his shoulder and he's going to come again to prove something, and and that's all right. But, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know why they doubt him. I don't know why. He's, he's a heck of a kid.
0: He's a heck of a talent. He's got got us out of a lot of situations in the past of uh, being able to scramble. And, I mean, he's come in to camp with, uh, in hella shape. So I think he's going to do a great job.
2: By the way, that is a sound bite you didn't hear 10 years ago or maybe even 5. Yeah. Keeping it 100. Dope. Those <laughs> hella guys, shape. But hella shape. <laughs> hella shape. That's not something you heard five ten years ago i've ever heard hella shape in general so this is new for me hella hella shape i finally I like got it. my phone that's another one just like he's all he's on to all the cool things marcel robinson will say that yeah uh not in that reference yeah. but he'll say that in bed hella, say hella? No. well to be fair hella became popular in that
0: south park movie came out back in like 1998 there's a song called hella actually
2: that's when it became popular?
0: Well, that, I mean, it's making a resurgence now, obviously, but that term has been used a long time. Oh, okay. So, hey, get with the program, Brad. For a while, so. my
1: phone would try to correct hella to hello, so I would send that to people and it would, like, confuse them. <laughs> and I finally got it on board. Who uses had that to a it. lot? Hello? Yeah. I guess I haven't noticed. Yeah. yeah. I used it in an email to Nick and then I realized I probably shouldn't do that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> probably like, not oh, i boss. probably need
1: to make this a little more, you know. A little
0: more professional. Yeah. Yeah. You know I get done. Yeah, I was overrated.
1: Yeah, yeah, professionals.
2: This is the radio. Be Come real. On. This is the radio. Be genuine. Just be hella be real, real man. You being hella professional real.
0: is not genuine. <laughs> exactly. Hey, I'll be the first one to tell you that too. When I, anytime the I like, present myself as professional, it's game over.
1: First thing I told my one, one of my bosses was, he's like, "What's uh, you know, what's a, you know, uh, flaw you have?" And I guess I was like, "This is me. There's no business side of <laughs> me. <laughs> this is what you get." I
2: like it. I just saw John Gordon tweet. 10 things to being successful with zero talent. Yeah. Number one on the list, be on time. How have you made it this far, Brent? I My job in life is just to prove these lists that have that on it. Wrong. How have you made it this far? Well, no, far?
1: I guess that means then you get to claim that you have talent.
2: Oh, maybe that is that's, it. That's what I've you get to talent. claim. No, it, I'm, not a, I'm not zero Some- talent category sometimes the talent <laughs> the talent
0: outweighs the distractions That's right let's think about it brent martin a jalen ramsey of sports media if you, <laughs> yes i am
1: if you didn't have talent and you showed up late then they would just be like oh we well, could just replace them easy there but we go good point Congratulations.
2: Uh, let's see do i have the others show up and do the work yeah of course you do that give yes. your best absolutely you better believe be it be positively contagious
1: yeah, for the oh, most sunshine part. Sunshine and rainbows. Yeah, it's it's sunshine and kind of rainbows of that club.
2: Yep. All right. Have an attitude of gratitude. Yeah. You're, you're thankful, man. You're good. All right. Yeah. Seek solutions. I think we do that a lot. Absolutely. I think I do it too much. Story yeah. of our lives. Have passion. Absolutely. Oh, without a doubt. Come be on Be coachable. I want more people to coach me up other than Twitter. You're, you're just that perfect. I mean, if you coach Jalen Ramsey, up, he's going to be upset. Do more than what's required. Yeah, you do that. So. All without a believe doubt. in do yourself. Do that. So, yeah, Brent, <laughs> Brent does it for us because we, we don't yeah. do what's required of us. So exactly. Brent's, he does. It. So Brett's got go to go above and beyond just to cover for both of He's us. Pick up. <laughs> The scraps. Yeah, Kuz actually does a lot here yep. at the station. Maybe not for this show, but and I'm
0: just doing me. All right, thanks for the compliment for me too, Brent. <laughs> oh no, yeah, I, 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 I was waiting for you to say something nice about me. That's all good.
2: But well, you're outside I'm the zero. You're the one percent. You <laughs> played in the NFL. You're an MMA fight. You're yeah. an athlete. i don't We're have the to, zero category kind of, here.
1: If you show Austin, if you show up late, they can't go. Oh, we'll just we'll just replace him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, it's good they tell me that now. It's good enough. know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But goes, yeah, See, I'll see you guys at three fifteen tomorrow. I'm a big. I love these lists
2: i love the positive thinking and all this stuff yeah yeah, anything else no not right now but uh, but i'll see him from time to time and be on time is always on the list yeah it's always on the list yep apologies oh you're fine man We we can adjust without it uh billy donovan billy donovan success talent yeah,
0: probably wouldn't work well with you, huh? If you gotta be there on probably time not. and everything like that and it's yeah, pretty as long
2: as I don't uh, yeah. have Coughlin time, I'll be at least got a chance. <laughs> uh the Billy D to me, mm-hmm. by the way, just of the in the chronicles of my lifetime mm-hmm. in terms of athletes, I love Billy D. Uh and I say it athletes more so than coach. Like a lot of people around here love Billy D because of what he did for the Florida Gators. Get it? As you should. You should. should. Yeah. I could care less about the Billy D Florida game. I mean I should say care less, but I I'm glad that he had success in uh coaching. But my days are I'm from Rhode Island. I mean it was Providence. It was nineteen eighty seven Final Fours, Rick Pitino it was yeah. Billy D. It was Billy the kid. I mean, that's Billy D. Dee. Billy D's part of my childhood. Yeah, you know, in that sense. So uh I love Billy D. He was named co-coach of the year. Mm-hmm. He's been in the NBA since 2015. People questioned whether he should go. He's one of the best college coaches in the country. Uh, could name his place if he wanted to at some point in time. If he wants to take over for Krzyzewski, they'd probably hire him. If he wants to go take over for Cal in Kentucky at some point, they'd hire him. For sure. UNC, Roy Williams, they'd hire him. Yep. Kansas, Bill Self. You know, If the opportunity presents itself, and maybe that, that comes to that at some point, he basically could have his pick of the litter. Yeah. What we weren't sure about, and by the way, Billy's 55, so he's still pretty young. Mm-hmm. Uh, we weren't sure about how good he was doing in the NBA. He had Russell Westbrook, he had Kevin Durant Dur- for the couple of years. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like they underachieved because they didn't win and win Correct. big in the postseason. I think Kuz just said his record in the postseason is 11-19. and 15-19, yeah. Oh, 15-19. Oh, yeah, it says it right there in front of me. How about that? Uh, the... Percentage in the regular season, though, 240 and 154, 61% win percentage. So he's had good regular seasons, not able to get it done, even with Durant and Westbrook. And because of that, mm-hmm. I think if you ask folks, say, Billy, do ask prior to this year? If you asked, you'd be like, hey, yeah, maybe even a little bit surprised he's still there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the NBA can really flip people over in a hurry. And everybody left there from, from Harden to Durant to Westbrook. The whole team got flipped upside down. As you look at it now and winning coach of the year this year, uh, whether you thought he should have or not, Nick Nurse should have or whoever, does it almost validate his success that we were maybe less aware of in the NBA and validate his move from the college game to the NBA now that he stuck it out? He didn't just say, hey, this isn't working the way I thought it was. I'm getting back in the college game, maybe like Cal did or even Rick Pitino did at a time. Billy D said, hey, I'm committed. And I'm staying here, and we're going to make it work. And here he is, the coach of the year in 2020. Listen, when we talk about coaches making that
0: transition from college to the pros, it's always about football, right? It's always about how hard it is to go from from college to professional football. I think Pete Carroll, probably the last guy to have a lot of success, Brent, would you say? Uh, yeah. Okay, cool. Good call. I think it's even, well, maybe it's just as hard, or if not even more harder to go from college basketball to the pros. And here's why. If you're a consistently great college basketball coach, that means that you have to push your players. Okay, That means that you've built the culture. Now, you can be like John Calipari, and I think John Calipari is a pretty good coach, Okay, but I think he's a better recruiter. If you look at the guys that have come through Kentucky, how haven't you won 10 national championships with with that talent, right? So it's more than talent in terms of basketball. It's getting the most out of those guys, uh, making them play defense together, making them believe in themselves, and, and gelling them together with their personalities. So when Billy Donovan chose to go from the University of Florida after winning two championships and goes to OKC... One thing, well, yeah, he had success in Florida. You know, he, he he recruited well, he cultivated that talent, had a lot of first NBA draft picks there. Okay, cool. He goes to OKC and what does he meet? He meets Russell Westbrook and he meets Kevin Durant. So you bring a coach that obviously built a culture in Florida, built a way of doing things. And now I don't know Billy Donovan personally. I've never met him. I Haven't really actually really heard him talk a lot, but I assume that He's a great coach from the standpoint of he works hard. He expects a lot of his players, and it's done his way or the highway. I think once you mixed Russell Westbrook, even little Kevin Durant, and you mix those egos, man, to me, when I watched the Thunder play with Billy Diamond at the helm when Russell Westbrook was there, it seemed like to me that Russell Westbrook wasn't buying it. It was still Russell Westbrook's team. This wasn't Billy Donovan's team. It's a star-driven league in the NBA. I think once Russell Westbrook left, and he was gone, even Kevin Durant was gone, Billy Donovan got a chance to showcase what he brought to the league as a coach. And that's a great coach. That's a coach that maybe doesn't take necessarily the best talent in the NBA, but he takes the talent that he has, and he raises that game. And to me, that's why he got coached the year
2: this year. Coos, what do you think? What's the perception of Billy D uh, across the NBA?
1: So – I think, like Austin awesome was saying, with the star-driven league, and when you have a team with Kevin Durant and Westbrook, you kind of don't give co- the coach any credit, right? When there's mm-hmm. wins, you know, oh, well, of course they're going to win. You know, even uh, Steve Kerr, I guess, might be an outlier in a way. But you know, when they were when the Warriors were winning, it was very you know Steph Curry and Draymond Green and Clay Thompson. So I think this year and him winning the award shows that. People are starting to notice it's him. I I was looking at this, and this is what kind of surprised me. If I told you there was a team that was 18th in the league for points per game, 25th for rebounds, 28th for assists per game, and 10th for opponent's points per game, you're thinking of a team that's not winning that many games. Mm -hmm. That's where the Thunder are right now. And they have 41 wins on the season.
2: Yeah, and it's the second highest winning percentage because they're not going to play the full right. 82. Second highest winning percentage of, of Billy's career. Yeah, year one he won uh, obviously with Durant with, and, and Westbrook.
1: With a team that everyone was kind of like, they're they're not making the playoffs, and they're I mean definitely in it and definitely going to be making some noise. I'm interested to see kind of how it lines up. So I think this year specifically really. What and I believe actually, if you went into it, they have one of the best three men lineups um, in the league right now with Chris Paul and some of the other guys. So I think that's a big part of it too, and I think that's why this season really let him shine through and show, hey, it wasn't just me doing this, I can do it without stars.
2: Here, here's the great question, okay? Better coach in the NBA, Brad Stevens, Billy D. Both coming over from the college game, both kind of younger side, I and mean, Brad Stevens is a lot younger, about a decade younger. Sure. See to me And listen, with all due respect to Billy Donovan, because he's done a
0: fantastic job this year, don't get me wrong, I think Nick Nurse should have won Coach of the Year, but I'm not taking away from Billy Donovan. And keep in mind, too, he's playing with a team where Chris Paul didn't want to be there. Chris Paul didn't want to go to OKC. Chris Paul wanted to go to Milwaukee or someplace else. So essentially, your star player on that team didn't even want to be there in the beginning. Now I think he's he's cultivated Chris Paul, and it is what it is there. But I just think with Brad Stevens the expectations, you're going to Boston. You you're going to a place with a lot of history and a lot of expectations. And you look at that turnover, that roster turnover of the guys that they lost, the Isaiah Thomas's that they had to let go and all that stuff, and the fact that they're still having success right now, and maybe not necessarily like the most household names, you know, like you lost Terry Rose as well, but you still have those quality names, I think the nod has to go to Brad Stevens.
2: Yeah, uh, someone just texted me too, Brad Stevens. It's intre- the reason yeah, I bring it, it up. If you look at winning percentage, Billy D's got a better one.
1: Mm.
2: Now, the reason he does is going back to something you said, and this is something Billy D didn't have the luxury that Brad Stevens did. Stevens struggled in his first two years, especially his first one, because they reset the whole thing. And then they started to climb the ladder. Yeah. So that hurt his winning percentage a bit. So I would say overall there's been more successful seasons probably from Brad Stevens and the Celtics. He's also been there a little bit longer than Billy D has been in Oklahoma City. But it also could have been a deterrent for Billy Donovan being. is my point. See, I thought one of the great things for Brad Stevens coming over from the college game as a young guy is he got to reset that roster. Mm -hmm. And they put a bunch of young guys on that roster, almost like it was a college-like roster. True. And so you got to take a 37-year-old coach who looks like he's 15, (laughs) and he gets to be... He, he has respect of those guys. Yeah. Billy D walks guys into a situation into mm-hmm. where he's got two superstar players who doesn't, they don't care if Red Auerbach walked in that door <laughs> or Phil right. Jackson or Billy Donovan, and it doesn't matter because I'm, I'm Kevin Durant and I'm Russell Westbrook. Yeah. So yeah. I think the situations were so different, but I would have rather had Brad Stevens' situation, mm-hmm. and that sounds insane. But for building it for the long term, it's really worked for the Celtics because of well, that. He set the culture. He, he said follow along. He knew what kind of players and pieces they need. And Danny Ainge and him were on the same page in that. And I think, I think that's what now, four or five years into his NBA career, well, Billy D and Oklahoma City are doing.
1: Correct? Yeah, and, and, and look at it. You know, you look at some of the other players that have kind of come in there and, and either are still there uh, as young players uh, or left. You know, two great examples. Uh, Dennis Schroeder kind of left the Hawks. Everyone was like, "All right, he's fine. Maybe he's a backup point guard type thing." And he is a backup point guard at times for the Thunder now, but performing really well. I, Victor say, I thought Oladipo. that was a
2: guy from Silver Spoons.
1: Victor <laughs> Oladipo, same thing though. He comes in and he, his whole career kind of changes around, and now he's you know one of the star players for the Pacers. So I think that, that also is sign yeah, of Billy D kind you of coming just together. a
2: silver spoons reference. <laughs> Schroeder, right? Wasn't that the I, actor? I that? Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: I mean, keep in mind That's that. playing a reference.
2: Well, for that you. show ended when I was born, but I know what you're talking about. Though you're right. Not not to take away from what Coos
0: was no, talking about. Well, sorry, you Although said Schroeder, and I, and I was done. Yeah, I'm sorry, <laughs> and you but lost me.
2: It's a, it's a fascinating viewpoint of it, though, and, yeah. and I, I like the fact that they've. There's, they're good friends, uh, GM Oklahoma City and 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 Billy D and mm-hmm. I like the fact that they're resetting this thing and they didn't just say okay not enough not good enough didn't win the playoffs get out of here and he stuck it out and we always wondered when Billy D went to the NBA is he going to come back to college I don't think he's come back I wouldn't I don't think he's all set. Hey, uh, Pj Championship Rick re- well, just or not. a real quick okay. thought, uh, because we're about to get out of here. I spent way more time on the NBA than I wanted to mm-hmm. and ever have. But Kuz liked it. Pump up the Driving Dish podcast. Well, Kuz liked it. And you're dropping
0: facts, too, Brandon. Yeah. Who, who, Donovan beating the playoffs or whatever? Or yeah, I mean, who, Grayson who, who who Allen Dane had a big beat, day. Yeah. Who, Dame beating the playoffs.
2: Yeah. Uh, Damon Lillard's my new favorite player. There you go. Uh, the... PGA Championships tomorrow. Tiger yes. Woods, does he have a chance?
0: I think he's got a chance. Why not? Let's Push have in some the fun. Field. Let's have some fun. Hey, he's got a chance. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's got a one in whatever
2: chance. Yeah. In the mix, in the top ten on Sunday yeah. at all on any day. Do you, yes or no? Yes. Let's have some fun. You? I'd like to think so. You but have to
0: you know, say who you're gonna, who's going to win he quick? Really that looked, was,
2: he looked rusty.
0: Are we not giving our predictions? We, we right can time. do it on
2: social media. We
0: got to go. I, I can do it on social media. What do you media. got? Real quick, Tommy Fleetwood, my pick and my underdog, Mark Hubbard.
2: Do you do you pick what? Tommy Fleetwood every time we do this?
0: But, but let's go away. I don't care. So, fun fact about San Francisco, real quick. It's in San Francisco. The birthplace of denim jeans took place in San Francisco, and there's more dogs than humans in San Francisco. So two guys that look like they could be rocking denim jeans and have dogs, Mark Hubbard, obviously, and then Tommy Fleetwood, you know what he looks like.
2: So those are my two picks. Enough said. H- Hubbard looks like he's in a van down by the river. That's what I'm there. saying, uh, man. How so. do you make the tour looking like that? All right. Uh, got to get out of here. We'll see you on TV tonight, CBS 47 and Fox 30. Back at it tomorrow here on ESPN 690. Thanks for hanging with us. Oh, 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 all right.